WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Good evening, everybody. You are listening to WVUA 90.7 FM Tuscaloosa Student Section Fantasy Sports. My name is Jake Riker, and I'm joined by Lincoln Burkholder and Zach Elrod. Today, we'll be covering Sunday's top performers, biggest busts, and most biggest surprises of the week. We'll also be digging into our Monday Night Fantasy Football predictions, as well as our top waiver wire pickups. And do not miss the most the must starts, must sit, and panic or pause segments either. With all that being said, let's kick it off with Lincoln. All right, my top performers this week, third straight week I get to talk about these guys. Um, maybe I just won't talk about anyone else on this segment the rest of the season. It's CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott again. CeeDee How about them Cowboys? <laughs> CeeDee Lamb becomes the first receiver in NFL history to go for three straight games of at least 10 catches and 150 receiving yards with a 11-catch, 151-yard, one-touchdown performance. Sorry, two touchdowns. He had a 14-yard carry as well for a touchdown. So 39.5 fantasy points for CeeDee Lamb. He's got over 100 fantasy points in the last three weeks total. Um, yeah, there doesn't you don't need to say much there. CeeDee Lamb has been absolutely unreal for three weeks. Now he looks like Tyreek Hill from earlier this season. Whoa. whoa. Dude, he he's, he's, he's outscoring. He's outscoring. I'm, I'm about to put uh, CeeDee Lamb on my pause or panic. Should you <laughs> trade it? <laughs> CeeDee Lamb is one where, like, might actually consider it. I just love how I traded away CeeDee Lamb three weeks ago because he Jerry, was mid. Jerry Jones was like, yeah, we're, like, just not going to use Lamb as much when we're going to spread the Barack. So I was like, all right, I'll listen to the man. Trade him away. And then what he just goes off. Listening to Jerry Jones. What is this, 2013? <laughs> Anyways. I made my mistake. <laughs> Zach, what do you got? Da- oh, Dak Prescott had 37.86 as well. Oh my so yeah, he went the, off. That's the other guy. Had 404 passing yards, four touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. 74.3% completion percentage. So. Huge week for the Cowboys, not named Tony Pollard. Um, yeah. Well, I got to go with a man named Keenan Allen. Dude went off for 40.5 fantasy points, 11 receptions on 14 targets, and he also had 175 yards and two touchdowns. Dude went off. I mean, it's enough to say that he's carrying the Chargers offense. I mean, yeah. I owe a sincere apology to Keenan Allen. I was on Twitter actively in the offseason calling him washed. Um, I will never doubt you again. That's a crazy thanks for Thanks for carrying my dynasty. I traded him in the beginning of the a, season for Jalen Hurts. So. To like a 9-1 and one record. Thank you, Keenan Allen. I will never, ever throw dirt on your name ever again. <laughs> the, old, and the old man has proven everybody wrong. I loved Keenan Allen way to this week. I mean, the Chargers almost took out the Lions, too. I mean... Yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that their defense was made of literal Swiss cheese. Yeah. Um, my biggest performer, I had Keenan Allen up there too. I, that's what I was going to talk about. But my biggest performer is the tight end over in Minnesota, Ooh, TJ yeah, Hawkinson. Yeah. What do you have, 28 and a half? 30 and a half, actually. 30.4. No, he had 28 at the half. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would be correct. Um, but, yeah, Hawkinson, I mean – a lot of people worried after Kirk Cousins went down with that Achilles injury, what would happen to Jordan Addison and Hawkinson's fantasy value. Um, and I don't think CJ or excuse me, TJ Hawkinson owners are worried at all, quite frankly. Now you got um, the pastor on at QB now. Joshua Dobbs doing yeah. good, man. He didn't even know where their locker Dude, room he was. Is, this he is week. the <laughs> coolest he is the coolest player in the NFL. Yeah. He's gotta be up there. 
Hawkinson racked up 11 receptions for 134 yards and a touchdown with the with the Vikings getting a big win over the Saints. Jameis Winston hopped in there late, played like Jameis Winston with J-Bow. those two receptions. Um, but yeah, the the Vikings got it done. All right, biggest surprises then. I've got, well, I guess we'll just keep talking about the Cowboys. It's Brandon Cooks. <laughs> um, he had been very underwhelming this season as the Cowboys. I mean, he's been their number two wide receiver since he came back, but there was just really nothing forming for him. He had two games over 10 fantasy points and 1.7 last week on just two targets. But this past week against the Giants, he was actually the Cowboys' leading receiver. Uh, nine catches on 10 targets for 173 yards and a touchdown, 32.3 for the veteran receiver. Um, I don't know how much I'd value him down the stretch just based off, like, you know, the nine weeks before that or however. I think it's he played seven games before that, missed one for injury. But, yeah, an absolutely electric week for Brandon Cooks if you had him in your lineup in any deep league or anything like that. Well, I got a guy in uh, Devin Singletary. They won by three against the Bengals. Uh, Devin Singletary, he had 23.1 fantasy points, 150 yards on 30 carries, and a touchdown. 30 carries is a lot. I know. But, I mean, like, throughout the season, he's only had, like, I think he averages, like, eight points in fantasy. Like, he did – I don't even think he's really doing I don't think he had over ten fantasy points yet this year. Not even eight points. And now he dropped 23, so – pretty big surprise to me yeah it's even with like because last week Damian Pierce missed two and Devin Singletary did absolutely like nothing I mean yeah but he was underrated in Buffalo I didn't he averaged like a pretty good yard per carry number but yeah 150 yards on 30 carries against the Bengals is ridiculous numbers from Devin Singletary I was shocked. Especially with that O-line. I mean Pierce couldn't do anything with that O-line and then Singletary Singletary couldn't either until Yesterday, apparently. Something cooking <laughs> up over there in Houston. Something is. It's a great, great. Something uh, smells real good. In great the future area. for Texans fans and Texas Texans uh, fantasy owners as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hopped over. I'm going to hop over to another running back, same as Zach. The running back over in Washington, Brian Robinson Jr. Ooh. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago about in the panic or pause section. Do you trust Brian Robinson? Do you keep him in your lineup? And if you decided to keep him in your lineup, you had a great week. Getting almost 30 points, he dropped 27.7 in PPR leagues. And the funniest thing about it is he only racked up 38 rushing yards in that game yeah. and didn't get a rushing touchdown, but he hauled in 119 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown, I think that was 50-plus yards. Yeah, he had a 60, 60-something yarder. Ridiculous. Brian Robinson is, got it done for, yeah. for fantasy owners this week. Big surprise. Um, I, unfortunately, did not have him in my starting lineup. I went, I hit the panic, bo- panic yeah. button on him. I was going to say, I spent all of last week segment talking about how he got he had no receiving value in PPR <laughs> leagues and he was he didn't get any pass catching work because Antonio Gibson was there and Clearly. Antonio Gibson had like six catches and then Brian Robinson must have listened to the show yeah for one for for ones that do not listen to our show you should listen to our show because clearly Brian Robinson does yeah although just if I say panic on any more non-PPR running backs just maybe don't listen to me <laughs> 
So now we got the biggest busts. I'll ride the Cowboys train. I was going to talk about... Cow- Cowboys in all three? I was going to talk this about the pair of Jacksonville Jaguars that oh my shattered shattered my dreams in at least one league this this week. But I'm going to go back to the Cowboys and Tony Pollard. Yeah. I mean, it's getting, it's it's getting, getting a little awful. ridiculous. It's actually getting ridiculous. It's, it's like Somebody actually, cue that DeMarcus Cousins clip. A little, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little scary how they're RB1 with all this value and, oh my gosh, he's better than Zeke is worse than Zeke this year how it looked he looked painful I mean he had that huge injury but like you expected somewhat of a comeback I did not expect his injury to affect Pollard him. had a huge injury last year last year end of went, the season yeah that's why he was out oh I'm forgetting that um but he clearly has not come back the same or the Cowboys are just not using him well I mean, or yeah. in this case both and yeah, it's really I mean, affecting fantasy value. The bust, like the reason, like he's, I mean, he obviously scored only 5.5 points, but the bigger problem for me here is the Cowboys won this game 49 to 17. Against, that's two weeks in a row. Against probably the worst run defense in football right now. I think it's New two York. weeks in a row. I think last week they had a blow. Went to one of the yeah, they lit up. Or last week they lost by a hair to the Eagles. Right. The week oh, yeah, before, yeah, yeah, they yeah. blew out the Rams. They had a, the Rams. Had six points. And Pollard still didn't get work. It, yeah. uh, it doesn't make any sense he for was, a top-tier fantasy running back or just a fantasy or a running back one in offense to yeah. be their team to be blowing out another team and you get no – no and action. You get it does blatantly outproduced by Rico Dowdle. It's like, got to be concerning. I mean, people were drafting Pollard in what the the turn, second the second, round, and third yeah. round. I mean, he was like in like twelve, fifth, like twelve to sixteen man leagues. He was a first round draft pick. Wow. And he scored twenty two, nineteen, and fifteen in the first three weeks, and it's just been awful ever since. Like, there's no other way to put it. He's mm-hmm. he's completely fallen off a cliff. He's had over fifty rushing yards just three times. He has not eclipsed sixty rushing yards since week three. He has not eclipsed five. He's only eclipsed five receptions once since week three. There's like, there's nothing to even hang a hat on here for Tony Pollard, and it was another rough showing and another blowout win for Dallas. I hate to say this one, but I got Derrick Henry. Only three fantasy points. Painful. Eleven carries uh, with only 24 yards and zero touchdowns. He's been averaging 14 this season. but his highest fantasy point this season has been 24.38. I think that was against the Bengals. But, I mean, I don't know. Derrick Henry's just been off this season. I hate to see it. I hate to see it from the Bama guy. But It's a true man, unfortunately. I'm going to hop into another Commanders player over in Washington. The last couple of weeks there have been storylines saying Jahan Dotson, wide receiver for the Commanders, go get him in fantasy. Fantasy value is going up. He dropped in the last two weeks. He dropped twenty four point eight, and then the week before that, he dropped sixteen point nine, and he dropped a goose egg this week. A huge wow. goose like egg, like literally <laughs> zero points, not zero point one, zero point half a point, zero points in PPR leagues. Um, I don't know what happened in Washington. I mean, they scored twenty six points, and, and Dotson did not get anything and how was the ball like 50 times again uh because i can bet a lot of people picked him up with the waivers if he was on the waivers and guys that people that were having him in his lineup and in the on the bench spot this week was a week they started him because they saw his production go up and a lot of fantasy analysts including us if you consider that (laughs) we're fantasy we're expecting the same thing for dotson this week and uh the penn state alum dropped zero shattered my hopes and dreams essentially it's very unfortunate 
But yeah, yeah uh, real quick shout out Trevor Et Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. You are not off the hook. You I mean, were awful, right. like beyond awful. The Jaguars got embarrassed. On yeah. Trevor Lawrence so Trevor, had two points. Trevor Lawrence points. especially. Travis Etienne, I get it. They were losing the game thirty-seven to three. I'm gonna cut you a little bit of slack. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence had a 58.6 completion percentage for 185 yards, two picks, and a fumble. Two fantasy points. I mean, 2. the offensive 1. line was bad, but like. To a guy that was supposed to come be on. a, what, top five quarterback people thought yeah. fantasy this and year. He's and been he's been. At least, yeah. Yeah, and he just, and he was amazing last year. He was incredible in that one playoff game. I don't know how he did in the second one. But, yeah, I mean, just an utter disaster Ridiculous. so far this season. For Trevor Lawrence, despite actually having decent numbers coming into this week, the fantasy performances, he has yet to eclipse 19 points in a game. Wow. <laughs> he, you're telling me Trevor Lawrence hasn't scored 20 points once? Nope. His highest total was 18.06 in Week 7 against the Saints. Wow. Dang. That's Which only happened because he rushed for 59 yards. That's depressing. He scored under 10 twice, obviously, this last week, and he scored under 15 in all but four of his games this season. There is... Once again, no bright spot for Trevor Lawrence <laughs> this year. <laughs> Bust of the week, a depressing segment this week. Well, thank you for joining us for our Sunday recap. Stay tuned with us after a short break for our Monday Night Football predictions. See you soon. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Welcome back, everybody. I just wanted to sound like Jamie there for a little bit. We're missing out on Jamie. Jamie, if you're listening, we love you. Um, we'll, be, we'll be glad to have you back next week. But we're back for our Monday night football predictions, our fantasy predictions, and our game tonight. We're going to start with Lincoln because the Denver Broncos fan himself, is he going to take his team in the upset? I'm in the building. Where Two straight wins. Where is he going with this one? Two straight wins for the Denver Broncos coming into this game. I'll start with my top performer. I'll build the suspense here. It's not a Denver Bronco because <laughs> this is fantasy football, and the Denver Broncos don't play fantasy football <laughs> outside of two weeks of Javante Williams and 14 points a game from Cortland Sutton. But, yeah, my top performer tonight is actually going to be Dalton Kincaid. Wow, I love it. I the, love it. The Broncos linebackers have, I mean, they've been a lot better in recent weeks, but overall this season they've been a low point in that defense. Um, Stephon Diggs is obviously going to be less of a factor tonight than he is in most games because he's being shadowed by the best corner in football, Patrick Sertan, the second Alabama legend. And Gabriel Davis. I thought about Gabriel Davis, but last time I picked him to be a top performer, I'm pretty sure he scored like... Three I mean, points. I can you you can definitely feel the vibe of just a Gabe Davis it just legacy feel, game and brewing. The bigger part is our CB two. I actually don't even know who it is at this point. It was Damari Mathis, but he was so bad. I'm not even sure if we're starting him anymore. Um, but it could be a game where they look to that outside. But I would assume they'll have Justin Simmons just lurking over the top over there because Stephon Diggs will hopefully be handled with. Oh my gosh. But, yeah, Kincaid, I got nine catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown over the middle tonight. What happened? I just want to let you know, as a Broncos fan, the very first snap of the game, Broncos 
strip a fumble and they got the ball. Yeah, well that's in, a, in the Bills territory. Well, that's a Gasp. good thing because the Broncos are winning this football game. Wow, twenty-one to seventeen no, on the road no. in Buffalo. I mean, I, I just threw you the perfect alley oop, <laughs> and, and you slammed that home better. Russell than Wilson is going to lead this team to their third straight win in four weeks. They had a bye week last week. They're coming in refreshed. Buffalo has been in utter shambles for one or two weeks now. Josh Allen wow. playing a revived Broncos defense. I expect nothing less than for Sean Payton to put the league on notice tonight that the Denver wow. Broncos are back. How can you argue with that, man? How can you argue with that? But that is a, I mean, that was a mean, I, didn't even, like, <laughs> I just want everybody to know I did not set Lincoln up whatsoever. I actually I told mean, him I was picking the Bills before. That is very true. I was just wow. looking on ESPN, making checking up on my uh, on my prediction and my biggest performer, making sure they you know were still active tonight. And all I saw was a, a, a James Cook fumble. Yeah, it was perfect. Cannot run the ball against this elite Broncos defense. It was, it was a pass, but we'll go with that. Zach, what do you got? Close enough. Well, that kind of sucks for me because I actually had James Cook being the top performer. <laughs> well, when they're losing by 30, wow. it'll be hard to give him the ball. It's just the first play. It's just the first play. But I, to Lincoln's point, I know Stephon Diggs, it's not going to be his game more than likely because Patrick Sertan is there and he's literally like – I mean, I'll, I guess you could argue with him and Sauce Gardner being the top corner, but I mean, in my opinion, it's Patrick Sertan. He's the best corner in the league. Wow. But we I mean, got two men in this room that are saying PS2 is the best corner in the league. I mean, How I about just it? don't. It's either him or Sauce Gardner, but if I got to pick two, it's obviously Patrick Sertan. Go Bama. But with James Cook, I think he's going to have a good game. I mean, it's the first play he had a fumble. It's just the first play. We'll see if he has a good game or not. But on to the score prediction. I got the Bills winning, but I think it's going to be a sloppy victory. They've been kind of sloppy this season so far. I think they're starting to pick it up, you know, find their stride. So I think it's going to be 24-10, Bills coming out with the dub. Not really destroying the Broncos, but, you know, they're, they're going to win. They're going to win. So uh, it looks like I'm the deciding factor here. We got one Bills, one, one Broncos so far. And this really hurts because I, I mean, for people that listen, I take the underdog more than 50% of the time. And I realize that I've been wrong on most of my Monday Night Football predictions on this show, except for the huge Viking switch yeah, that I had to beat the Niners. That was a crazy switch. You switched like five minutes switch. before game time and you're like, give me the Vikings. I, I and mean, it actually worked monumental, out. <laughs> so that makes up for any, any wrong that I had, but... I, I mean, I really want to take the Broncos. Like, really bad. I could just see them winning tonight, but... It's a cold November game in Buffalo. Hey, we're from Denver. It's it, huh? I mean, we play in Denver. It's okay. It ain't that much warmer over there. Okay, but <laughs> it's a nice cold game in Buffalo. Bills Mafia has been excited all day long for this Monday Night Football game, and it just feels like one of those games where Josh Allen is just going to light it up. And I'm sorry, Lincoln. I'm going with the Bills with a with a big win, 38 to 17. These are fair takes. Wow. And I hate to say it, like I want to say the like I want to be like I wanted to pull another Vikings to be like you know what, Broncos country, let's ride. But I'm not gonna do that. I was sorry. gonna pick the Bills so that we'd all pick the Bills and they'd lose. But uh, <laughs> I just I couldn't find it in my heart to take my team's one Monday night football. I mean, I would never do like when the when the Ravens them. play on Monday night football. I'm picking the Ravens. Like yeah. it, it does not matter. Uh, like I got in here, sure, we're like nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. but And my biggest performer tonight, I know there's been a lot of praise about PS2 being the best corner in the league, and I can agree he's up there. But I'm a huge fan of Stefan Diggs, and 
when the Bills get big wins, what? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just listening to what you're saying. I'm waiting for you to let me know that you think Stephon Diggs is going to fry Pat Sertan tonight. Well, do you want, I mean, I can build it up if you want me to. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but when the Bills win big games, in which I think they're going to do tonight, and when Josh Allen performs, Another man performs, and that's a guy wearing number 14 in blue. That's Stephon Diggs. Wow. He is, is a not top receiver, statement. and I understand PS2 is a dog, but the man, Stephon Diggs, is an even bigger dog. Hey, I I'm respect sorry. it. It's a hot take. I'm taking, I respect I think Diggs is going to rack through eight catches for 115 tonight, and he's going to find the end zone on a deep shot. Hmm. But it won't be on PS2. How about that? No, I mean, <laughs> that is true. Like, he could have a big game. We don't. Like, PS2, despite being as good of a corner he is, he doesn't typically shadow like that. And the thing about Stefan Diggs is no matter how good the corner is... Yeah, he's going to get He's catches. an absurd route runner, and, and Allen will feed him, and he'll give him the ball when he needs to. Yeah, he won't get blanked, that's no, for sure. Absolutely not. Yeah. All right, that's wrap, that, that wraps up our Monday Night Football predictions. I'm going to hop into our waiver wire pickups. I'm going to go first. Is that all right? I'm gonna yeah, change, how about it? Change the tide. All right. I'm going to go with a quarterback. I'm going with Josh Dobbs. I mean, we praised him a Dude, little bit we earlier. we love Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. He's just a beast. Like, that's America's said. quarterback. He is. He is America's quarterback. He didn't know where his locker room was this week, but yet he, he pulled up, balled out, and got another one for the Vikings. And, I mean, he is literally the quarterback eight in fantasy football right now. He started for the Cardinals where he couldn't learn their playbook fast enough. He jumps in. Kirk Cousins goes down. He has to practice the cadence with the O-line for the Vikings because they didn't practice together at all the week before. And he's still the quarterback eight. He's only rostered in 38.9% of ESPN leagues. Fix that. Why not? I mean, what is stopping you from going to get Josh Jobs? Because I guarantee you, one, you don't have a backup quarterback in your lineup, and you need one because who knows? Bye weeks. Bye weeks are coming up. Half the league's on bye in week 13, so go get a backup quarterback. And if you do have a backup quarterback on your bench, I guarantee he's not better than Josh Dobbs, fantasy-wise, I should say. But he's literally the quarterback eight. The last three weeks, he put up 25.12, 24.92, and 22.92. That's good numbers. That is cons- if. There, you can't ask for more from a quarterback when he's consistently putting up over 20 points in your fantasy league. Yeah, good you can't. I mean, like that's like if Josh Allen put up 23, 25, and 29, I'd be ecstatic. Absolutely. <laughs> and the uh, man over in Minnesota is doing it. Doing it without journeyman backup quarterback. We have found the new Ryan Fitzpatrick, elite aura backup quarterback. Anyways, my... Waiver wire pickups, a lot less exciting than Joshua Dobbs. Um, I'm going to start with Antonio Gibson. He had 12.6 points two weeks ago and 16.5 this week. He is getting involved in the receiving game. Finally, he's had five catches in each of the last three weeks. So if you need someone to stash on your bench, I mean, in the event, I would never wish this but because I love Brian Robinson, but in the event that he does get hurt, he does have a huge workload. Um, in the event that he does go down at any point, Antonio Gibson would be a startable running back. And I honestly don't mind him as a flex if he keeps this receiving value up either. Um, Keaton Mitchell is my next guy. Uh, I didn't really – we didn't talk about him much last week at all because none of us – I especially was not sure that he'd really get any work if the Ravens were in a close game. But they were in a close game this week, and he still – he only got four touches, but the explosiveness is obviously there. He turned it into a 32-yard reception. 
Um, and he got into the end zone as well on a longer run. So 13 points again for Keaton Mitchell. Gus Edwards does have an injury history. Keaton Mitchell, if Gus Edwards were to go down, is an RB2, RB1 level player in fantasy football most likely. And the last two guys I want to shout out are Rondell Moore and Michael Wilson, pair of wide receivers in Arizona. Kyler Murray is back. Rondell Moore this week uh, had eight targets, which is his highest on the season. We know Kyler Murray likes him. He's targeted him a lot in the past. Um, I would expect him to target him a lot now that he's back in the lineup. And then Michael Wilson is just another dynamic guy on the outside that Arizona is going to have to use at some point if they want to continue to try and win football games, which they did this week. Well, you might think my pick is a little lame. I don't really know who else to pick. It's just Matt Mendoa. He's a kicker from the Texans. He just dropped 13 points in the game last week, and he's facing the Cardinals' defense, which is not known as a good defense. So I feel, I feel like the Texans, since they're improving offense, especially with C.J. Stroud, they'll get him in good positions to kick field goals if they need to. And, yeah. I think he'll rack up some points. Yeah, especially if like if you were if you owned Kaimi Fairbairn and he went, he went on injured reserve and you need a kicker, Matt Amendola is going to put up the same amount of points that Fairbairn did in Houston, which Fairbairn was like the kicker four mm-hmm. before he got hurt. Another kicker would be Daniel Carlson, new Raiders head coach, has him double digit points in two weeks. Thirteen points from a kicker, I'll take that any day. Yeah. I mean. My running back two can't score 13 points most week. <laughs> if you have Tony Pollard, your running back one can't score 13 <laughs> points a week. Saquon Barkley can't even score 13 <laughs> points. Neither can Derrick Henry. <laughs> All right, enough of the RB1 slander. That wraps up our second segment of the show. Stay tuned after a quick song and join us for our favorite segments of the week, our must-sits, must-starts, and panic or pause. We'll see you soon. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. Welcome back, everybody. We are here for our third and last segment of the show. Our favorite segments, the must-starts for next week, must-sits for next week, and of course, everybody's favorite, the panic or pause, excuse me. Which buttons are we going to be pressing this week, the panic or the pause? But let's start with the must-starts. Lincoln, who do you got? Uh, My, I might just run through all three of them, yeah. I'm just going to run through the first two here. I'm going to start with David Montgomery. He came back this past week. Had 17 points. He's going to get basically most of their goal line carries, essentially, is the vibe I'm getting from there, similar to what he did in Chicago last year. Um, So, yeah, if you've got him, start him. He's back, and he is as good as he was prior to his injury. And my next one is going to be Rasheed Rice in Kansas City. He plays the Philadelphia Eagles battered and fairly awful secondary this week. Uh, or this coming week. And, yeah, Rasheed Rice, number one wide receiver in Kansas City, number two pass catcher, obviously. But he's shown a lot of flashes this year, and I would expect him to get into the end zone in a game that I think will be relatively high scoring. So, Well, despite his bad game to this week, I got D-Hop for the Tennessee Titans. I know he had like five-something points, but he's going against the Jaguars, which are good on the run, but, like, you know, they're not really good passing, like, you know, defense. So I think he's going to get some good, you know, he's going to rack up some points. Will Levis, Lord willing, hopefully he has a good game. But I think D-Hop's going to rack up some points. It's going to be a good start. 
Zach's putting a lot of trust in the mayonnaise marauder. Dude, that's still the greatest nickname I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> my two must starts. So I'm going to start with the quarterback, the MVP front runner, may I say. I'm going with CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is a must start. Okay, maybe not an MVP front runner, but he I mean, put himself at this point. in the MVP. Uh, race this last week against a impressive win against the Bengals. But he's got the Cardinals this week. I know we have a lot of Cardinals slander and we continue to say we feel bad because the Cardinals are... Well, they don't have Josh Jobs anymore, so I can't even say. I mean, Murray's back, but... The I offense still, is good. Yeah, I'd start the their people defense in the offense is just horrendous. CJ Stroud horrendous. continues to light up the field. So if you have CJ Stroud, don't even think about putting him on your bench this week. And my second must start is a wide receiver in Tampa, Mike Evans. He had a huge week, huge first half in this last week. He had 26.7 points. Uh, He's going to go against the Niners, and you may think, why in the world would I start him against that defense, especially after what they just did to the Jaguars? But I like Mike Evans a lot more than any of those Jaguars receivers because, I mean, they haven't been performing all year. And the Niners defense, wide receivers are doing third best against them in fantasy this year so far. So Big Mike is back. Hopefully he doesn't go back on a cold streak. I think he's in your starting lineup. Lincoln, what do you got for must-sit? My must sit, and this is actually the first time we've mentioned him on the show because he's been completely irrelevant since all of last year into the first five weeks of this year. But, guys, Najee Harris is a startable RB2 again. He's had over 15 points in three of the last four weeks. He's had double digits in all four of those weeks. He had 18.6 this past week, but he's a must sit this week because he plays the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Um, The Cleveland Browns defense is a buzzsaw. They are far and away at this point the best defense in football, and they have showed no signs of slowing down. Miles Garrett is an alien. The run defense (laughs) is absolutely phenomenal. The secondary barely has to do anything because the quarterback has 1.8 seconds to throw the football anyway, but they're good even if they get the ball out. Um, I would expect Cleveland to beat Pittsburgh, but I would also expect it to be 9-6. to six. So I would not start <laughs> Najee like Harris an, this week. It sounds like an AFC North battle this, to me. Yeah, this seems like a game where Najee Harris will get 1.9 yards of carry, and it actually won't be his fault because the Steelers' O-line is also not good. So definitely sit Najee Harris this week, although you should be excited because he's finally playing well again. And my second must sit, he's already got a fumble tonight. It's James Cook. And Buffalo, similar deal to Najee Harris. He, uh, although he's actually been relatively disappointing recently, under 10 fantasy points in five of his last six games. I mean, he'll, he could score over 10 tonight, but right now he's got negative point seven. So, um, but yeah, and he gets the New York Jets buzzsaw next week. So that run defense is borderline as good as Cleveland's, and I would not start any running back unless they're absolutely elite or your only option against either of those defenses. So go ahead and put James Con- or sorry James Cook and Najee Harris on your bench this week. I got to go with one guy from the Bengals, and that'll be Joe Mixon only because he's facing the second-best defense in the league, the Baltimore Ravens, and they're seventh in run defense in the entire NFL. And for that reason, I just don't think he's going to have a good game. He's been averaging about like 15, I think 15, 14 in in like fantasy, but he's just not going to have a good game against Baltimore because they're run defense and they're the second-best defense in the league. I like it. I'm going to go – with a wide receiver. I have one must-sit this week because I feel so strongly about it, especially because he's on my team. I went from watching him drop 22 points two weeks ago, got his first touchdown in over 600 days, and then I watched him put up a whopping 2.7 this week, and that's Deontay Johnson. 
Um, I realized the Steelers' offense is extremely inconsistent. I feel like I should have realized that from the start, being a Ravens fan. Um, but, I mean, more praise to that Browns defense. Oh, my gosh. Watching them play against the Ravens this week. I mean, we put up, what, 30 points, but it didn't feel like we put up 30 points. It put up. It felt like we only scored, like, 13 in that game. Uh, but their defense is insane. Miles Garrett is going to get after that. Kenny Pickett, extremely fast against that subpar Steelers offensive line and, and the secondary for the Browns is balling out as well. And I don't see Deontay Johnson having, having a good week whatsoever. So we're going to move into our panic or pause, our favorite Woo! segment of the show. We got about 15 minutes for panic or pause this week. So that's awesome. We're going to start with Lincoln. Who do we have? We have first round running back oh boy. in New York. It's oh, Saquon. No. It's Saquad Barkley. Um, he obviously a fantastic running back. Um, definitely should have been paid more than one year, which I found out he's still only on a one-year contract. Uh, Jake told me that earlier. For some reason, I thought he had signed for three years. But the de- the fact of the matter is, is that regardless how good he is, the Giants are awful. Um, and awful at this point is an understatement. Um, their only bright spot on offense outside of Saquon Barkley, Andrew Thomas, went down with an injury last week, came back. I don't know how healthy he'll be in the coming weeks. It looked pretty bad. I was stunned when he came back into the game to begin with. But apart from that, the Giants are going to be losing a large number of the games remaining on their schedule. And he's got a bye week in there as well, so you're going to miss him for that week. In addition, um, what do you guys think about Saquon Barkley? First game under with single-digit fantasy points since week two this past week. I mean, at least his relationship with the Giants, I'm hitting that panic button. I think they should trade him. I mean, he's only 26 years old, we but like you said. We are past the trade deadline now. Yeah, but like I'm talking going into the next season or just, you know, he has that expiring contract and stuff. And I just think since he's 26 years old, he's still in his prime. He's got, you know, teams are going to pay a large, like, you know, they're going to give a large haul for him. So I think they should definitely trade him coming into next season. I don't know. I'm stuck between the panic or pause button. I'm, my, my two buttons are laid out here on the desk, and I, I'm hesitating. I mean, I love his matchup next week against Washington. Honestly, I probably should have put him in my must-start, which is wild to say. But the, just he's much better. I wouldn't say the Giants are good, but they're much better with Daniel Jones there. But, I mean, they're just – he can't – the Giants' offense is so poor with their quarterback situation right now. Uh, and you'd think Barkley would be – I mean, he's getting – the last couple of weeks, week six, he had 24 carries. Week seven, he had 21, and then 36, 16, and 13. So it, it de- digressed a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but, like, you'd think they'd be able to go up. They still have their bye week to regroup um, to catch their breath. So I'm going to say pause for Saquon. I mean, I trust Saquon as a, as a good – if he's your RB1, I'd be worried, obviously. Um, I mean, he's my RB1. Um, but I think he can turn around. He's got Washington who have a good week, New England – um, they've been shaky. Their defense is good, but they haven't been performing. I think he could put up numbers in that Week 12 matchup. 13, he's got a bye. He can regroup. Um, but the scary part is he's got Green Bay, which isn't great. Um, and then he's he's on the road for Week 15 and 16 against New Orleans and Philadelphia, who and both then, have yeah. – And that's the playoffs. Ama- yeah, amazing front sevens, which scares me a lot. And it's um, not like the championship's much better. It's the Rams yeah, again. And no. if you happen to go to 18, it's Philly again. The Giants uh, just aren't ready for that. They're but just I, not ready for yeah, that. I and just feel like at games. this point, mm-hmm. I don't think trade deadline, I don't think any trade deadlines are up for fantasy yet. For I meant fantasy the NFL leagues. one. But. Um, 
but I mean, if you can trade him, maybe, but I don't see you getting him a lot of value. Yeah, I mean, you would really just have to be banking on can you sell the four weeks of over 10 points that he yeah. had prior to this week. And he still scored 7.1 this week, which isn't, like, awful. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm i going to panic, and it's just because of how awful the Giants' offense is. They're out Daniel Jones for the rest of the season, and despite him not being a great quarterback, he is miles better than Tommy DeVito. So, yeah. um Hopefully Tyrod Taylor can get healthy here soon and get back in there. That would help him out a lot. But until then, it is – I mean, I've said it once. I'll say it again. Disaster is an understatement for the situation in MetLife Stadium. And it's not the Jets for once. Who do we got next, guys? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with another RB1. We talked about him pretty much the entire segment today. Uh, that's Tony Pollard. Like, mm. I feel like it's an obvious answer at this point, but, like, I want to know if anybody's pausing on, on Tony Pollard. P-A-N-I-C, panic. Um, he is – we spent – or me included, I specifically, was a huge proponent for two years of, oh, Zeke is washed. They need to start Tony Pollard. He can handle the workload. He'll be an elite fantasy RB1. Last year when he came in and was an RB1 in that offense, he was absolutely elite, and he was elite for three weeks this season. And since then, it has been nothing but mid. And mid is actually generous because he hasn't scored over 10 points outside of one week since week four, like we mentioned, or since week three, like we mentioned earlier. Um, the only thing I'm hanging on to here is the schedule down the stretch is Carolina, Washington, Seattle for the next three weeks. Um, again, this is an NFC East running back, so he does get Philly again. Buffalo in week 15. Your playoff schedule will be Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. I don't hate that. Um, it's not perfect, but like there's, there's much worse playoff schedules out there. But it's more just can you bank on him to make – because he doesn't get over 15 touches outside of those two games in weeks two and three. Um, the receiving work hasn't been as much lately because C.D. Lamb has been going off and they've been dumping it down to Jake Ferguson a lot more. Um, yeah, I'm going to panic on this one. If you can get anything for him, I would do it right now in a heartbeat. Um, like a lower performing – like if you could trade Tony Pollard for like Kyron Williams coming off injured reserve, I would do that right now. And I think if I'm trading Tony Pollard for Kyron Williams, that's a panic button if I've ever seen one. So. I'd have to agree with the panic button. I mean, the most averaging, like, yards per carry I've seen him this season, the highest is, like, 5.3. And, I mean, it's just I feel like the Cowboys have moved on from him. They're really trying to utilize, you know, the Brandon Cooks, the CeeDee Lambs, trying to hit their receivers. Dak's getting more in the rhythm. He, you know, he has a tendency to be inconsistent throughout the season. But I don't know, at this point in, at this point in the season, he's really found that niche, you know, to really hit CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and all his receivers. So, I don't know. I just – I think they're just moving on from Tony Pollard and they're not really going to utilize him as much in the offense. I'd have to agree with both of you. I think it's a huge panic button. Um it's like gotten to the point where drafting Tony Pollard is a massive regret. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worry that unless you drafted a really good RB2 that, that's pulling the workload and maybe you have a stud RB3 in your flex, um, it's not looking good for people that drafted Tony Pollard. And I don't – I checked before uh, I said his name, but there's a, most of my leagues, the people that have drafted Tony Pollard – RB1. 
as their RB1 do not have winning records in fantasy. I mean, yeah, because it's, it's not even like – it's not just a recent issue. This no. is, we're going back to week three here, and there was a bye week in there at one point too. Like, if you have Tony Pollard, you're probably borderline fighting for a playoff spot unless the rest of your team is incredible, and I don't think he's leading you to one. So if you can get rid of him, I'd do it. And if you can't, you might just be out of luck if you can't find a replacement that's worth um, what you need it to be. So, yeah. Zach, who do you got as your panic or pause guy? Well, we've been talking about him recently, and I mentioned him in my worst performer, and that's Derrick Henry from the Titans. I know he's a Bama guy. I know he's a stud normally year in and year out. But this year he hasn't been. I mean, the most points he's had is like maybe 20-something. And, you know, he's around in that area. Like in two months he's going to be 30. And I don't – you know, he's nearing that, you know, peak of his career and stuff. And I know him and the the Titans relationship, in my opinion, I just think it needs to end, you know. I think they need to ship him out, get as much value from him as they can. Because, you know, they're in full rebuild mode right now, or they should be. Because the Titans, I mean, they're a solid team, but, like, I mean, they're not going to compete for anything right now, at least playoff-wise. What about y'all? What do y'all think? I mean, I think the age is the bigger issue here. Like, he's obviously been – he'll obviously, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer without a doubt. I mean, he borderline won an MVP like two years ago. He's a beast, Um But, yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy with well over 2,500 career carries. Uh, the mark for running backs to regress is closer to 1,500. Um, he's well surpassed that, obviously, and that's why he's so – that's why he's been so amazing for so long. But, I mean, 30-year-olds, this isn't a quarterback. This is a running back. He gets hit upwards of 30 times a game um the body's going to give out at some point and we saw it in the last two years now with a couple of injuries um i wouldn't panic for this season just because the remaining schedule is jacksonville carolina indianapolis miami houston seattle houston um that's relatively easy and despite houston being better than they have in the past it's that's probably the best run defense he's got remaining outside of jacksonville and he has a history of running all over jacksonville so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't panic quite yet just for fantasy football purposes, but I think we are seeing the end of Derrick Henry. I would view him as a high-end RB2 for the rest of the season at this it's point. It's sad. It's sad to see, man. It is disappointing to see. I mean, I agree with everything Lincoln's been saying with the age, and it's clear the time in Tennessee is coming to an end for someone who has done a phenomenal job for he that. Borderline, he's, he's yeah. one of the best Titans to ever play. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrying them through playoff runs, beating the number one seed, beating Tom Brady at home in the playoffs, just a lot of things for Derrick Henry. But, I, I mean, I'm going to go with Lincoln. I have to pause on Derrick Henry for for this season just because his schedule is so light. I think in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, um, I think he could easily put up over 15 points in at least five of them looking at the schedule. And that's like being a little nice, I would say, because – I mean, the, when you look at his schedule, the teams that he didn't put up over 12 were against really good defenses. Yeah. I mean, the Saints – or no, he put up he put up 14 against the Saints, but Cleveland's defense, he only scored two. Um, he only scored nine on Indianapolis. Well, I'll give him a break there. Uh, he even put up 19 on the Ravens, and then he put up three against Tampa Bay, who's uh, the fourth-best run defense at the time in Week 10 against running backs. So, I mean, he's not putting up – 
bad numbers against bad teams, thankfully. Um, so if the Titans can get it together and Will Levis gets in a groove and they find a little bit of jolt in that offense, I think Derrick Henry could be good for the rest of the year. Um, but if we want to sneak peek into next year, I think Derrick Henry's not a guy you want to draft unless I mean like even if it goes round. to a to a really good like a better team I really don't see him being Der- much the Derrick Henry you know and I mean I like I mean they're like predicting injuries is not something that you do but when you got 2700 career carries there's and one. when you're a guy like Derrick Henry where you need to hit him low and hard yeah the types of, hit, the types of hits he gets yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean you saw the foot injury That's, last it's year it's clearly catching up to him yeah, and, and I mean that's no shame to him. He's thirty years old. Not. Like, um, but like he's been an Iron Man for like just, eight years. This just turned into a Derrick this Henry sob sad. story. The um, only ang- the only way you tackle him is by the ankles. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's tough for yeah. him. You know, his I mean, legs like, are getting a beating. Been watching Derrick Henry play NFL football since I was eleven, and it's finally coming to Come an to end. Close. What a sad segment it is. What a we need sad to get to something more to fun than this. <laughs> well, what a sad way to end it as well. I guess yeah, we're out. Well, thank you for joining us on this Monday evening. Have a great rest of your night. uh, And tune in next Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, WVUA 90.7. And good night, Tuscaloosa.